Hey guys, TJ here. I originally recorded this intro saying, I really believe, and then I stopped myself because I don't believe I know. God can heal you and he can restore your relationships and it has happened for me. I know it can happen for you. I'm sharing a little bit about that journey in this episode, getting raw and real, speaking vulnerably, but nothing I haven't actually dealt with with God personally in counseling with my wife, all of these things I'm sharing vulnerably, but in a healthy way. And my goal, my goal for you today is to just get a new perspective on what that healing journey looks like for you to not feel alone. Honestly, if you're a man or woman and you ever felt shame, conviction or whatever it might be, and mind you, those are two very different things. I talk about both of them. I also talk about the culture of honoring versus just having manners. And I talk about some of the dysfunction that might exist in relationships due to upbringing, rupture relationships, and how that can actually create cycles for generational dysfunction and how to end it. All right, so this episode is going to be very powerful. If you've ever been that person who maybe you are staying in a long-term committed relationship and then all of a sudden the walls go up and you don't know how to explain why, some of the things I'm going to be talking about here are really going to help you. So please share with a friend if you benefit from it. We'd love to connect with you if you ever want to talk. And um, I appreciate you. It's good to see you guys. Okay, so this was the... uh, This is the episode I didn't want to do. I read the other day that the first four letters of healthy spell the word heal. I read the other day that the first four letters of the word healthy spell the word heal. And I think there's a lot of people that that need healthier relationships, and that's going to start with healing. There's a lot of people that need healthier relationships, and that's going to start with healing. Now, like I said, this is the episode I didn't want to do because I labeled it, um, at least initially the title here on Facebook, I labeled it as Confessions. And, you know, the real confessions here that I'm going to be sharing about are not something that I'm, uh, not something I haven't dealt with already, let's put it that way. Um, But it's also not something that you just walk around sharing publicly. Um, it's not something that you just wake up one day and say, hey, that'd be a good idea to tell the world. Why don't I, why don't I share some of that? But I, I had a sense God had been putting some things on my heart. And if you guys are listening, go ahead and share this with somebody now because I have a feeling it's going to heal a lot of men and women who have quietly struggled in their relationships, even if they've had long-term relationships romantically, even if they've had or thought of themselves as as being good at relationships. Um, they know when they're quietly struggling because things aren't working. You find yourself stuck in cycles. You find relationships to be at the root of your struggles. And that was me for a long time. And I want you guys to share this with others now because I think it's going to be very revealing and healing for people, especially men, but I also know women will find the healing and, and, and health in this conversation um, but especially men, because most men aren't aren't talking about this. Now, for context, I didn't grow up, uh, and I'll speak maybe to romantic relationships first. Uh, I didn't grow up with maybe the most healthy conversations about romantic relationships. In other words, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, um, I didn't really have the proper guidance. And so what that means is you start to see women 
maybe through a lens that is not healthy because you don't have wisdom, instruction, and guidance leading you. Uh, and it's not that there's this is not speaking poorly about anyone who is speaking into my life, friends, family, none of that. Um, I want to honor and protect every single person who's been in my life because they've all helped me get to where I am today, and I'm grateful. Uh, there are some things as you grow and as you mature and as you go through some stuff, you start to realize, especially as God, um, you know, opens the eyes of your heart, you start to realize maybe that there was some dysfunction that was passed down to you, shared with you, that you adopted for yourself. And what that looked like for me, specifically when it came to relationships with women, is it looked like not having clarity around how to treat women. It looked like, uh, you know, sure, being able to be the person who could have manners, but in my heart, not understanding the importance of honor. And there's a very big difference between manners and honor. And for a man who was raised uh, to have manners, I had no idea or understanding of honor. And the difference is a measure of your heart because manners and honor can look like the same action, but what is different is the motivation. And for many people, I think men today, there's a lot of men who understand manners as a means to get what they want. And I don't think it's, it's healthy. In fact, I know it's not healthy because God measures the heart. And if we are not God conscious, then we remain flesh conscious or self conscious. And for me, I was somewhat God conscious growing up but that was never really a guiding direction. That was never really something that I'd understood or allowed into my life or even invited because I just didn't understand it beyond religion. And as God got my heart, when I got older, I started to become convicted when I was in my mid, late 20s. I started to become convicted about the way that I had treated women. It was actually one of the first things that I became extremely convicted about. And it happened during, I would say, the earlier years of my awakening. Um, for several years, for context now, we're in my 20s. And I was in and out of long distance, or I'm sorry, long-term relationships for a while. And, um, and the relationships never ended really well. Um, I, I always found myself putting up walls, uh, getting into longer-term commitments, and then putting up walls when it came to the actual commitment. And as a means of coping, not that I didn't care but as a, about the other person, but as a means of coping, I would find my outlet uh, through physical attention with whoever I was dating. Um, and when I say coping... We all have things that we're coping with. We all have things that we're working through that we don't understand or don't know how to process. But how we choose to process, that matters. For some of us, maybe we pick up smoking. For some of us, maybe we are uh, sexually active. For some of us, maybe we overtrain. Uh, for some of us, maybe we overeat. We learn how to cope when we have oftentimes emotions we don't know uh, are are happening inside of us and we don't know how to address or accept. 
We have difficult situations we don't know how to process. And so we develop tools, skills, things we do, habits over time that um, don't necessarily help us. Although they may help us get through a period of time, they might end up hurting us if we hold on to them. And so for me, one of those things that I did at an early age um, was I started to learn how to cope because I could get what I want with women. And what I mean by that is there was mutual consent, but it was not acting with wisdom. And I don't believe acting with any sort of um, alignment with how God sees us and the design that he has for us. And I saw that because I would over and over again run into these cycles or patterns where I would become uh, affectionate, physically connected, whatever you want to call it, with a woman, I would go super deep. And because I am deep, I would connect with them on a, another level, um, mentally, emotionally, and like I said, physically. And I would end up in these cycles where I would end up hurting them because there are so many levels and layers to connecting with somebody. And God gives us a design for how to do that so that we don't end up hurting somebody, including ourselves. And if you don't operate by those principles of his design, then you end up rupturing uh, relationships. And if you do that often enough, then you end up walking around with all kinds of wounds from ruptured relationships. And so those wounds need to be healed. And God started convicting me of those wounds that needed to be healed, including, you know, my own actions. That's really what it was about when I was in my mid, late 20s. And I was totally, for me personally, this was not, I believe, out of God's conviction, he doesn't shame me. But for me personally, I was ashamed. I was ashamed in that that's what the enemy wanted to use against me. The enemy wanted to use this against me by keeping me from really having this wholehearted um, connection with God about this, to talk about it, to come to him and say, Lord, I, and at the time I didn't use that language. I would just say, God, I don't know, you know what this is, but um, I, feel really, I feel really guilty. I feel really ashamed that I've treated women this way, um, whether it was long-term long, long relationships that I was in or whether it was not, whether it was short-term and more transactional, which happened uh, several times. These are things that my wife is 100% aware of. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sharing this with you. Um, these are things that I've actually even confessed to my wife that I'm not proud of and that even though I brought it to God, it still impacts me because I just am so sensitive to how much you can affect somebody, including yourself. Uh, when you take yourself to another level of connection outside of God's design for marriage, for example, and without proper guidance or instruction, and with many people not wanting to even uh, approach the topic of physical connection, many families not even wanting to approach it, or even if the, how they approach it is not healthy, then it, it can become a cycle that passes down from generation to generation. And so if you're listening, okay, I would love for you to share this with somebody right now because I know men and women need to hear this. But if you're listening, I want you to know 
right now that there is nothing that you have ever done in your life that you are not forgiven for. I want you to know that right now. Now, God's grace is not an excuse for poor behavior. God's grace is an opportunity to change. Okay, hear this again. God's grace is not an excuse for poor behavior. God's grace is an opportunity to change. And in his grace, he gave me an opportunity to change. I was sexually active before marriage. And then I started to even just talk with my wife. He convicted me one night. I actually had an encounter with God when I was praying by myself. I used to pray more religiously before bed. Now prayer is much more conversation daily throughout the day. But I was praying before, before bed and uh, I was overcome with conviction. And this was right at the starting point of dating my now wife, who I had no idea um, just really how pure she is in God's eyes. I'm not talking about like just purely sexual purity, but like this was actually something she carries is purity. And, and I had no idea about any of this, but something in my heart was convicting me. And I started just realizing, and I didn't understand at the time, um, but I started hearing the voice of God. I started hearing the voice. It wasn't audible at that point. In fact, I've never heard him clearly audibly with my physical ears. Um, but it was, it, they say, Holy Spirit is like the wind. You don't know which way it's coming from, but you know the sound of it blowing. And Holy Spirit was definitely moving in my heart and convicting me. And so I was kneeling, kneeling on my bed. I'm trying to remember the position or how I would even describe that. But yeah, I was like hunched over kneeling and God convicted me. And, and he said, and this sounds religious. It's not. It was just something that he said very clearly to me. He said, I want you to say the Our Father 10 times for your purity. He said, I want you to say the Our Father 10 times for your purity. And so I said the Our Father and I was like, okay, that sounds crazy. Like I didn't even want to do it. And I didn't understand it either. That's the other thing is I didn't fully understand it. And that night I said the Our Father 10 times, which, you know, it's not the shortest prayer. Um, it's also not super long either. It took me a little bit. And I said, because I said it with intention. In other words, I said it from my heart. Remember earlier, I was talking about the difference between manners and honor. And I'm, what I'm talking about right now is I was doing something out of honor. I was doing something out of my heart, out of the motivation of what God was stirring in my heart. I wasn't doing something out of manners, out of a religious duty, out of something that if I do this, then I get that. I didn't know what I would get. I had no idea. This was strictly obedience. I heard God. I did what he said. I had no idea what was next. And for me, frankly, at that point, I thought it was done when I was done saying our father 10 times. I was like, okay, I don't know what that was, but sure, that sounded good. Later that night, uh, I remember, and, and even just like talking about it is kind of strange to communicate now, um, but later that night, I remember, well, it was early the next morning, kind of in that lucid state, but I remember um, being like lifted off my bed and feeling like I had something coming out of my mouth, like, uh, like shaking, convulsing, and feeling like something was being uh, like pulled out of my mouth. Okay. Now, this was what I would call is like a 
mini encounter that I had with God that night that started to change a lot of things in my life. And I, and I draw it back to that moment because that was when it was so evident and so clear um, that he was doing something now in hindsight, that he was doing something to, uh, to prepare me for marriage. And I, knew, I know that now, having gone through the next several years and kind of seeing in hindsight what happened. So there I am, I'm going through, uh, you know, the dating relationship with my wife in my late 20s. And I had had this mini encounter. And um, I think I started to share that with her maybe a few months uh, into us actually starting the process of dating. But during the process of dating, I had to rewire a lot of things. And it started with this conviction and the confession to God that I needed to go back to my past and heal and not only change the way that I live, which is called repenting, because um, you turn, when you change, you turn from the way that you've lived. And so I'll talk about that in a second. But I also had to receive his forgiveness. So I had to change the way that I was living, and then I had to receive his forgiveness. It's called repenting, and then you receive his forgiveness. And if when you repent, you can receive his forgiveness that he gives freely. And so for me personally, what that looked like in getting healthy is I first had to heal. Again, what I said earlier is the first four letters of the word healthy are heal. And so I had to heal. Well, I had to heal from what? There, that means that there was something I had to heal from. And that was ruptured relationships. Relationships that I had either been a part of and were ruptured or that I had, you know, that in some control outside of my own or something that I contributed to myself. And that could have been smaller interactions or longer term, years long relationships. It started, it traced all the way back to this pattern, traced all the way back to adoption at birth, where I had a relationship with my biological mother that was ruptured at, in the process of adoption. And he revealed this to me over the course of actually my dating relationship with my wife is he started to show me, the Lord started to show me as, and I believe I was delivered that night, one of my first of several deliverances, or deliverance means freedom. I was freed that night um, that I told you about where I was on the bed and I felt like it was, like my body was lifted up and I uh, had something pulled out of me. And so I was delivered in the first of many deliveries or, or uh, you know, like being brought into life and freedom right? When you think about delivering, delivering a baby, it's brought into life. And so I was brought into life and several times over over the next years. And in this whole process, God started to show me different things that would bring new life to me. In other words, he started to show me, hey, TJ, your heart is for me. You turn to me. You're repenting from your old ways. In other words, you're not living that lifestyle anymore. And you understand, and by the way, I've put a woman in your life who understands what it means to honor yourself and honor them. And even though you don't have it all figured out, in other words, your body wants one thing, you know, you're dating somebody and you have a physical connection, you want to connect with them um, and be sexually active just because of how you're designed or wired. He's saying there's something called self-control to honor the design in which I've created marriage so that you guys, so that you can have that to have what I have for you to be empowered, right? Not restricted, but to be empowered to break this generational cycle. And he started to show these things to me. And he said, but you turn to me. Now let me show you. You turn to me. Now let me show you all the different things that might have contributed 
towards the reason that you are in this place in the first place. And he started to show me these generational things that were broken, starting with, well, specifically in this one example that I'm talking about, where he showed me this ruptured relationship with my biological mother. Then he showed me things about my mother, uh, who I grew up with, with, you know, her. And, and just to, like, honor my family, like, they love me um, to death. <laughs> and and, um, and he started to show me all these things in the process of, of that growth in my own family and how then I carried certain beliefs that translated into certain behaviors because I lacked proper guidance, wisdom, or instruction and how his design and principles for relationships ought to go. He started to show me some dysfunction that started to show up in long-term relationships. Well, first of all, I was exposed to pornography um, when I was, you know, it was early, when I was maybe... I don't know the age, maybe 10, 11, 12, way too early. And pornography was in and out of my life, but it started to expose you to things. It's, it exposes you to things that are unhealthy. Um, and so, but, you know, this idea of the culture, I'm trying to draw a pic, paint the picture of the culture of what I grew up with, the things I was exposed to, the generational um, things that were out of my control that I was brought into, all of these things kind of combined into dysfunctional relationships. And what I mean by that practically is the idea that I would get into these long-term relationships and I would think, oh, just because I can have a long-term relationship, I'm healthy. And that doesn't mean you're healthy, right? Especially when it comes to the idea of a person who learned how to manipulate me who has the skill and gifting of being good at relationships and used that to manipulate so he could get what he wanted because that was a coping mechanism for dealing with things that he didn't want. And so as you do that and start to apply it to relationship with women, well, confession is, man, I started to do things. Not that I didn't care because it can be sunny and cloudy at the same time, right? So I cared about women. I cared about the women I was with and my body, my flesh wanted something from them, right? And so, again, with mutual consent, but at the same time, not healthy, not honoring to them or me. And that's the key, is it's not honoring to either person when you have that level of physical connection outside of marriage. And so, uh, for me, whether it showed up through, you know, the pornography or whether it showed up through uh, dating in, in long-term or these more transactional type of relationships, and I say transactional, like it's it's super it was super unhealthy for, in college, the culture and lifestyle that I was kind of trying to find my identity in. And again, this is more about the idea. This is not about other people. This is about me and the choices that I make, where when you put a young male who finds a security in uh, women or sports or doing good at school into an environment where he no longer has a girlfriend, he is struggling to try and find his way in, in the sports or athletics kind of arena and starts having this like mental breakdown. Uh, and um, he's totally in a new place and the school thing just isn't making sense to him, at least initially. Well, then he'll try and find his security in the things that he had found securities, security in in the past or he'll use other coping mechanisms. And so now you introduced alcohol, now you introduce all these other things and you start being influenced in how you're making decisions. 
Now, again, God's grace is not to um, excuse poor behavior. And I take 100% responsibility for the choices that I'm making in my life, even if I was unconscious of them, I have to take that responsibility, right? And at the same time, I'm not perfect. And I know God's grace left me an opportunity to change. And I'm so grateful that at a certain time in my life, he actually woke me up, really, because he said, hey, you know, it's like you've tried doing this on your own in so many different ways. Is this how it's going to go? Or are you going to turn to me? Again, repent is to turn to him, turn away from your old ways, turn away from the ways that you've been living. And for me specifically in relationships, that pattern continued till I started to see actually like the way that I'm doing relationships isn't working. And I remember it was right around November 2015. I finally realized that again, after rupturing yet another relationship. And then there I am saying, God, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea how I'm doing it, not just relationally, professionally, where else, you know, the other place I tried to find my identity. And then I had some money at that point. So what did I do? Well, I tried to find my identity and my security in money. So I tried to make more money. And all of these things started kind of coming together. And I recognized, wow, like whatever I'm doing on my own is not working. And so what's cool is that God actually brought me to Proverbs, which is what? Wisdom and instruction. And he started speaking to me through Proverbs. And I started then uh, having different encounters where people would come up and speak to me about God and about me. Um, And then I started kind of seeing, wow, okay, there's certain people entering my life like my wife. I had this encounter where I was lifted off the bed and I felt like something was taken out of my body And I start seeing all these things about ruptured relationships, starting with biological family. And I start seeing contributing factors towards the decisions that I've made. And he starts telling me, hey, TJ, you know that, that like my grace is enough for all of this. You know that you can have forgiveness. You know that you don't have to live in those cycles. You know that you can have a really fulfilling relationship. And one of the biggest fears that I had was that I would get married and then I would self-destruct. That was a big fear I have. And by God's grace, like, I hope that never happens. But in the things that he's done and shown me in my life, I've recognized that there were patterns that he has already broken. In other words, I've taken responsibility for the choices that I'm making to help break them and the health and healing that I'm pursuing and that I have pursued and I have experienced myself right? Again, I'm not perfect. I'm just committed to growth. And so I've taken responsibility for that, but he's really done so much in me in bringing so much healing and so much peace to things that I never could see. And it started with, it started with me coming to him and out of, again, out of conviction, he started revealing to me all these different people, these relationships, these things that I'd done. And I remember just weeping, I remember just weeping for all the different things that I'd done or women I'd hurt or, and there was this compulsion in me, like, I need to, like, I need to say I'm sorry or I need to do that. And, and there was all these questions, and I've seen this happen with other men too, all these questions. Do I reach out to them? Do I say this? Do I do that? I'm talking old girlfriends, you know, acquaintances. You even just thought you maybe misled or you, were, you said the wrong thing or you did this or whatever. And God starts highlighting all of these different things. And the key, and I'm going to come back to this because it's absolutely key, is God's grace. There's nothing that you can do that God's grace can't cover. 
Okay, but what's key, what's absolutely key is that you turn to him, that your heart turns towards him. Okay, because this is not about manners and being apologetic because you're, you know, I wasn't polite to you then or I didn't say the right thing or I didn't do this or do that. This is about your heart and honor. And God measures the heart. And so if you are ever listening to this, if you're if you past, present, future, if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, that totally resonates with me. I'm in a I'm I'm married. I'm married and I'm starting to have these convictions come up, right? Then I want you to know that you can have forgiveness and it might require you to go back into your past and actually bring those things to the Lord, right? And you say, Lord, I need you to help me reconcile with this because this is done. So I have two options, right? I can dwell on it or I can heal from it. And and part of healing is actually recognizing the depravity that exists there. Okay, you can't heal something if you don't know it needs healing. And so the Lord will actually help you. He'll actually help you bring healing to areas through seeing where you need healing. If you go to the doctor and you say, hey, I need you to fix my elbow, but really your knee's busted, and you walk out of there and the doctor did something for your elbow, but they didn't address the knee, well, you're going to walk out of there going, what the heck? I just went to the doctor. I thought I was supposed to be healthy. The reality is you need to know what you're in there for, right? And so I'm not saying God's the doctor, but he is the healer, right? And you go to him for his presence. You don't need to go to him for some, you know, like um, just breakthrough of, of healing. But the point is when your heart is for him, okay, and when you do go to him for healing, that's what he does. It's who he is. And so he'll bring that healing. And people talk about healing themselves. People talk about healing themselves. What they don't understand is, man, sure, you can do certain things by the principles of God's design that will help you heal. And you can take personal responsibility for your journey of healing and getting healthy. But ultimately, what you can't do is you can't tap into the things that you can't see, the things you can't understand. And what we don't know is greater than what we know. And so unless you put your, your faith and trust in the God who made you, well, it's going to be really hard to experience that full healing or wholeness, right? The wholeness that is really important if you're going to live your life fully and not pass on generational cursing, right? God gives us a choice. He says, choose blessing, choose life, or choose curse and choose death. And he says, it's that simple. Just choose. You're empowered, And I think a lot of people need to know that they're empowered to heal by just simply coming to God and asking, Lord, what is it that you want to highlight to me? What is it that you see that I need to be healed from? What is it that I'm wrestling with that I keep repeating in my mind that keeps showing up in these relationships? And a lot of people think that they're trapped or disempowered because they're believing a lie. And The Lord's really, seriously, and this came up earlier today in one of our calls, but one of the biggest lies is that you need to live a life that's self-serving. That's a huge lie in the industry that we're in. We're in the, you know, self-improvement industry. You need to live a life that serves you. Well, that's a knee-jerk reaction because you didn't have a voice or somebody disempowered you. The reality is, and then if you go to the church, they'll say you need to live a life that pleases God but people have a misunderstanding of what pleases God. So they then try and be the sacrificial lamb and take the place of the one who's already saved them. No, 
That's not true either. It's actually a life that pleases God is a life that you are empowered in, right? And I know that because he gives you a choice to believe in him. He gives you a choice. That's empowering right there. So if you know the character of God and you know that he empowers you, then a life that pleases God is a life where you are empowered. Well, being empowered means that you have a choice. And if you have a choice, that means you have a choice between something and something else. And so that choice is very clear. When we have situations where we feel like we're trapped, guess what? You have a choice. There's some choice available to you. And God can highlight that to you. He can bring awareness to it. But for me, what I had to realize is I had to realize that I had the choice to come to him and believe that he is who he says he is, that he would not condemn, but he would actually, as I repent and turn to him, he would forgive me for my sin. And my sin looks like acting out of character with who he made me to be. And iniquity looked like the generational bondage that I had inherited and not asked to receive. And so he not only takes your sin, but he takes your iniquity and he'll bring you something new, new life. And so with you, if you're in a relationship right now, and let's just say you're talking with your wife, and I'm speaking specifically to men right now. But if you're in a relationship right now, and you've got maybe generational bondage, maybe you've got stuff that, hey, your family wouldn't even, it wouldn't even put a blip on their radar that that's important to you or that that's being highlighted to you in your heart. Um, You talk with your parents or your siblings or your friends or whoever, and they'd be like, dude, don't worry about that. You're just trying to like, you know, get your way through life then or whatever. It's like, nope. God's actually convicting you and he wants you to turn to him, right? If you have struggled with pornography, if that's been an issue for you and you're in a relationship or you're not in a relationship and you know that God's convicting you, guess what? Jesus didn't die to atone for your sin. He died to take away your sin, right? So that doesn't mean you have to live in that bondage. That doesn't mean you have to live with that. And so God can actually do something where he takes that away and you actually don't have that desire anymore, it's crazy what happened as I went through. Um, it's crazy what happened. I just want to actually make a caveat with that is that I think the understanding that that's possible is important. The expectation that you will have to do something in your responsibility is also important. Now, that said, as I went through my relationship with my wife, and um, we talk about this in one of the other episodes, where the turning point moment for me in our relationship was when I was receiving prayer um, actually from my mother-in-law, and God revealed to me uh, just a lot of stuff that I could never even thought of. And my wife was sitting right there. This wasn't like some planned prayer meeting or anything. It was just like, hey, can we pray for you because you look like you're not doing so well. And I begrudgingly said yes because I didn't want to sit down and receive prayer because I was just over it. And um, so I sit down, I go through this one hour. What happens is it's actually like inner healing. Um, but I saw all kinds of things in my spirit. I, my eyes were closed and really I you know, saw things in my spirit that were revealed to me about um, abuse that I might have actually gone through myself um, as, a, as a baby. And there's a time period where nobody really knows where I was. I mean, they know where I, where I was, but who knows what happened. Um, I was revealed certain things about, uh, I had revealed to me certain things about uh, like generations ago in my bloodline that people were doing. And then fast forward, all of, all of that was um, kind of culminated with this big door that closed and there was blood pouring over the door. And then there was this cup on this table and it was like a chalice and it was a wooden cup though. I think chalice, I think gold, but it was actually wooden. And there was this like wine overflowing. It looked like wine overflowing. And 
there was light coming through the room kind of half on that wooden cup and half not. And and so I saw this overflowing wine and I was just like amazed because there was nothing being poured in, but it was overflowing. And I saw it was the blood of Jesus uh, overflowing out of this cup and it was being poured over the door behind me to my past from all the things that God had shown me that I needed to have shut or put away uh, and protected me uh, from the the generational iniquity because um, Jesus was uh, beat uh, for our iniquity and bruising for our iniquity. It's internal. And so it was passed down and I didn't have all that language at the time. I just saw a door closed with blood poured on it. And so all of that kind of came to fruition and then it was confirmed. I saw, you know, a number of things. There were several things more confirmed over the course of the next year, two years, things about my past, um, things about uh, that particular encounter where God confirmed in scripture. And um, so all of this started to happen and my wife started to see that there was this really big change in me. There was this big change in my heart. And I was the guy who I struggled with commitment. I struggled with all kinds of things. Um, I definitely dealt with shame. And as a result, I, and I'm talking about shame from past relationships, as a result, how I viewed myself and what I thought, um, I was uh, worthy. And people use the word deserving. And I'm not going to use that word. Uh, what I thought I was worthy of actually receiving was definitely not the woman my wife is. Um, and frankly, I didn't think I was worthy of receiving any other woman that I'd been with because I just found a way to destruct and end it. Um, and I definitely did not believe I was worthy of being with my wife. And until that point where God really started to change my perspective. And you know what's funny? The perversion is uh, of me not feeling worthy. The perversion was I would look at my wife who I was dating at the time and say, oh, she might not be right for me. But really that was my way of saying I'm not worthy. And God had to actually bring me through healing by showing me what I needed healing from and then encountering me with intimacy in a personal way that connected to me and, and I, what I call the breadcrumbs over time for me to actually start to see how I could live my life differently and what relationships would look like. Now, I know I've gone through a lot and I know that there's a lot more I could talk about, but my point or my hope, my goal in this is to really just communicate some of the things that I think people need to understand or hear. And if I had heard Years ago, I might have had a lot more encouragement because uh, I didn't really fully understand the extent to what I was fighting. And a lot of relationships end, marriages or dating relationships, they end prematurely because uh, of people not understanding what the other person is fighting. And I really believe the only way that we can understand that is if we allow God to come into those places where we are fighting and say, Lord, I, I'm just open. My heart is for you. I'm not, I, I don't have an agenda. My heart is for you. And that's how this whole thing started for me is I just really had this conviction in my heart for him. He started highlighting things to me that I needed to reconcile with him and really with other people. But the way I would reconcile it ultimately was through him. And he started that process of helping me be healthy and find healing. And um, 
I won't say that my relationship with my wife is perfect, but I will say that it makes a huge difference. I won't say that I have healthy relationships across every area of my life, you know, whether it's friends or whoever. I won't say that, but I will say that it is way like more functional, not dysfunctional um, than it used to be. And and I would say that in, in many ways, you'd be hard pressed to find many dysfunctional relationships in my life today by the grace of God. Uh, because really he has taught me so much and people talk about the practical things like boundaries, et cetera. But like a lot of that comes when you're healthy and when you have wisdom and instruction from God or the principles of who he's designed you to be and how he's designed you to interact with other people. So if you guys have any questions while I'm talking, please go ahead and feel free. Um, because otherwise I'm just going to actually close with this thought. I think if there's anything that somebody needs to take away from this, I think they need to understand this. There's absolutely nothing in your life that you've done that God's blood, that Jesus's blood cannot cover. And I know that sounds really churchy, but it's absolutely the truth and the truth sets you free. His blood can cover anything. But the key is that you make the conscious choice to repent from your heart, to turn from your old ways. It might not be cut and dry. It might not be, oh, tomorrow everything is totally different. It might be a process and a journey and a commitment daily. But when you actually make the conscious choice, when you make the choice from your heart out of honor and not manners, not religion, not something that if I do this, then I get that, but out of pure genuine love heart for God, he will reward you. And what he'll provide you with, what he'll give you in exchange for your conviction around the sin or whatever it is, is so much better than anything that you could imagine. It's so much better than anything that you could have tried to do through instituting, you know, the seven principles of good relationships in your life or how to win friends and influence people. That stuff has its place. But what really lays the foundation is being healthy, which starts with healing. Remember, first four letters of being healthy are heal. In order to heal, God needs to show you what you might need healing from, and he'll highlight those things to you, but he'll also bring you through the other side. The question is, will you let him? Will you let him? Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you.